0: Log Talk Radio. Well, that was quick. All right, baby birds. It is your host, Joe Chauquette. You are listening to yet another episode of Braindroppings Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 4, and the title of tonight's podcast is Week in Review. So as the title states, this episode, like all, is a collection of stories, both personal and those I've collected over the week, in the news that I thought I'd bring to you that might be interesting, might be, you might be interested in hearing my spin on. Not that that's necessary, I'm going to do it regardless. Um... Just wanted to make sure that thing was working. All right. First on my lips. Let me try this again in English. First on the list of topics to cover is one I've heard reported on the radio. It's about a man in India who sadly had to have the tip or the top, whatever you want to call it, the tippity top of his penis removed following a 48 hour erection. I can't make this shit up. The story reads that an unnamed 52-year-old male showed up at a hospital complaining of a sustained and painful erection. The medical staff quickly moved to drain the blood from his swollen friend. However, they left the catheter in and tightly wrapped it around the wound. And just when you uncrossed your legs and the thought that that was bad enough was setting in, sadly, it gets worse. Because of how tightly they wrapped his penis with the gauze and the bandages and that they left the catheter in, the man developed black gangrene at the top of his penis and the glands. So after going back to the hospital complaining of discomfort, the medical staff realized the extent of the gland damage and needed to amputate the tip of his penis to protect the remaining penis from decaying. Fortunately, 3 weeks post op, he's able to urinate and ideally and yeah, and ideally it's considered functional. Hmm. But I have to ask, what exactly defines functional? I mean, I'm not breaking news here, but the tip is really the nerve center of pleasure when you talk peni or penis. The shaft is merely the skyscraper To the Thunderdome. I mean, I feel for this guy. The article I read ended by saying that, fortunately, this happened to him after he was 50. Like, that was supposed to smooth it over. Like, what is your sex life done at 50? I mean, I can't even imagine what it must look like. I mean, my mind's eye, because I have a very vivid imagination. um, I'm just a very visual person. It reminds me of what, like, the plant creatures from the movie Tremor must have looked like from the 80s. Sorry to start off on such a sick note, but I, I, I read that and I couldn't stop myself from going there. The second topic, because <laughs> I have to switch, the second topic I couldn't resist, um, doesn't have the gross health factor attached to it like the first one, but again, I have to start my show strong. It's just me, um, but it sort of hits home, and so this one we'll probably talk a little bit about, and I'm sure that... If I can get Kate to come back in and, and do a show with me, we'll talk about it with her as well. But the headline is, couples are getting sleep divorces, and it may save many relationships. So, baby birds, you're asking me, what's a sleep divorce? Well, people have several issues with sleep, from being over-caffeinated throughout the day, to doing all the don'ts from the list of things that should be, that could be holding you back from the precious good night's sleep, whether it be eating right before bed to sleeping with your pet, or even being able to turn the television off. None of this is what's causing people to not want to sleep together. The underlying cause may be that you're just simply sleep incompatible with your spouse. According to a study from Psychology Today, up to 30% of Americans would rather not share a bed with their partner. The reasons for wanting to separate the sleep situation can run the gamut from mattress choice preference being different between the two to one being a night owl while the other one's an early-to-bed person, or one has a penchant for disrupted sleep while the other is a sound sleeper. But the number one reason in the 30% of people in America that don't want to sleep with their partner is snoring, and it's non-gender related. Women, I know you think you sleep like little princesses, but you don't. You snore, and if the lovely Kate was here, I would tell her that I have recorded her snoring just to point it out. But a sleep divorce is not considered a bad thing by professionals. They found that people that suffer from a lack of sleep tend to experience a diminished positive feelings for their partners, equating long-term to negative effects in the overall relationship. They also found that those not getting a good night's sleep rest tend to also have reduced levels of gratitude and were more likely to have feelings of selfishness than those who slept well. The advice at the end of the article is to try a trial run. Set a time frame and try it out be it a week or two, and see how both are feeling. This isn't to say you abstain from intimacy. I don't, want, I don't want anybody to think I'm touching the third rail here. That should not be affected in the slightest. But upon completing said intimacy, you both go off to your separate sleeping quarters and enjoy a great night's sleep. Now, selfishly, I put this story in here because Kate will attest that I, according to her, have a snoring issue. But that's not really fair. I mean, I honestly don't have a problem with it. I don't wake up from it. I don't hear it. It doesn't bother me. I get a complete night's sleep. Kate, on the other hand, has an issue with it. So maybe we'll try this out. You never know. I'll ask her and see what she thinks. You know, snoring and disrupting your partner's sleep can be a pain in the balls. It can be a total pain in the ass. It can be a a relationship wedge that gets stuck between the two partners. And you never want that to get in the way. You never want to, you know, let snoring or, you know, maybe you don't want to go out and buy a sleep number bed, but You know, your husband or your significant other likes a firm mattress and and you like a soft mattress Um, and not being able to find common ground. Those shouldn't be relationship wedges. Um, There should be some sort of common ground. So maybe it's trying... A sleep divorce, even if it's on a trial basis, a trial separation, if you will. Um, For those of us that have been through the divorce ringer, uh, separation always comes before divorce. And so, you know, maybe it's a trial separation, week or two. See what it's like to to sleep um, separate from your partner and see how that works out for you. I mean, I don't know that it would work in our house there have been you know there are occasions where according to kate because again remember i'm a heavy sleeper i don't hear myself snore but according to kate there are nights where i am literally like a bear and she gets up grabs a pillow goes down to the couch spends the night down there Uh, we don't have the ability because we have four children we don't and we want everybody to have their own room um Our five-bedroom house doesn't allow for a spare bedroom currently with you know the 16 the 15 the 14 and the 11 year old all living here Um, we just don't have the available space so it becomes the sectional couch in the living room which is completely comfortable Um, it does have one little area the apex of where both sides kind of meet in that singular cushion uh, for some reason, we call it the hole. It's as if there's no support there. It's like a cushion covering a hole. But as long as you don't sleep in that particular spot, the couch is super comfortable. So we might give it a try. Um, if we do, I'll be sure to report back the results and be happy to tell you, you know what else is going on. So, keeping with the weekly update theme i was um I was inspired. Today to start looking up some weird news because it's, you know, the news that we have, the mainstream media, regardless of where you fall. um, I don't care if you're a conservative. I don't care if you're a liberal. I don't care if you're fiscally conservative, but socially liberal or socially conservative and fiscally liberal. I, I don't honestly give two squirts. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care if you call the president of the United States your president or not. I don't care if you're actively pushing petitions to be signed to, uh, for whatever reason. I I honestly, I don't care what your political affiliation is, and you'll never know mine. Um, I mean, if you're smart and you listen to some of the sarcasm, you might get a bit of a cleaner look at where I fall. But regardless, none of your business. Um, But sometimes after reading all the news stories that are out there, and they don't have to be politically driven. Sometimes they're just continuous, unabashed negativity, you know, whether it be political, whether it be environmental, whether it be just, you know, reporting the news, it always seems so negative. And being a person who proudly shits unicorns and rainbows, um, I don't want that that kind of news bringing me down. So I kind of gravitate towards odd or weird news, um, And I try to look at it from a worldwide perspective because stupid knows no country. Stupid is a universal language of humans. So it doesn't matter if you're having the top of your penis amputated in India or this next story happens to hail from Australia. Um, And it pleased me to read this. So in other news, this coming to us from the country slash continent of Australia Um, no doubt this will probably piss off some folks that claim snowflake as their designation, but a man has lost his compensation trial in Australia. He was looking to receive $1.8 million after claiming that he was bullied by his former boss. So you think to yourself, well, you know, that makes sense. If you get bullied in your workplace and it forces you to leave your workplace, you should probably be compensated for that. But I think it begs a larger question of what exactly defines bullying. Now, in this particular case, this gentleman claims that his boss repeatedly farted in his general direction multiple times a day. The plaintiff said it got so bad he was forced to leave his place of employment. Hence, he is seeking damages. What the hell is this world coming to? That you can, you can sue somebody for compensation because they farted in your general direction. We're not talking about somebody dropping trow and you know sliding your nose in their butt cheeks like a credit card through a reader. And letting one go mouth open. No, we're talking about farting in your general direction. By the way, I tend to get extremely specific in my analogies. So I apologize ahead of time. As I mentioned, I'm extremely visual. So what I see in my mind's eye, my mouth audits and it comes out that way. Um, So back to this. The, The plaintiff said it was so bad that it forced him to leave his place of employment. Hence, he was seeking damages. Don't get me wrong. I, <laughs> I love that he lost his compensation trial. But how on God's green earth did this ever get to trial? Farting? Really, farting. that that got to trial. And in the general direction, what the hell does that even mean? I mean, I obviously don't have all the facts or farts. Well, however you want to say it, but sometimes something just doesn't smell right with this one. Do you think I could work another fart joke analogy into this if I wanted to? You know, I can. Then I'll feed you baby birds. I'm pretty sure this whole situation left the plaintiff with a bad taste in his mouth. The whole thing just smells foul. <laughs> Okay. Okay, I'm done. I'm done now. I had to get that out. That was that one was fun to me. Um but then I thought to myself, you know, that's great. I did a story, you know, that was based in India. The sleep divorce story was a US based story, but then I went right to Australia. I'd like to bring it a little closer to home. Um my last podcast, I had a listener from California Joined the program and we talked that was my kids podcast episode three season one of brain droppings and that was a great one Uh, i really enjoyed having her on the phone and, and talking about you know just some of the the crappiness that you can have sometimes raising kids and the frustrations but beyond all that as i was scrolling through my weird news stories this week i came across one from fresno california oh yeah um A man was caught on surveillance footage putting a chainsaw in his pants to steal it. Let that statement wash over your brain for a second. He stuck a chainsaw down his pants. If we've learned nothing from our friend from India, you don't want to mess with what you got in your pants. I mean, who puts a chainsaw down there? Seriously. I watched the video and no. in case you were wondering, there was not a guard on the chain. He could have easily nicked his trunk. The man did make it to his truck and is currently enlarged. large, No, at large. He's currently at large. So, if you're listening and you're in the Fresno area, happen to know a guy who has a new chainsaw and has been buying a bunch of Neosporin and Band-Aids, you should probably call the local authorities and report it because I'm guessing this is the guy that took the chainsaw and stuck it down his pants. Um, Lastly, what would a weird news segment be without discussing a story from the great state of Florida? Florida is a transient state. So given that and its reputation of being the second most redneck state, don't worry, West Virginia, you still have the top spot. You just know that the most ridiculous stories are going to come from Florida. So here we are. A gentleman this week was released from jail in Port St. Lucie, Florida. And he was rearrested a mere 15 minutes after. 15 minutes, people. What kind of trouble can you get into in 15 minutes from being released from jail. I mean, give the man an hour and the possibilities go up exponentially. But 15 minutes? That's not even enough time to get to and rob a convenience store and be arrested. And that must have been exactly what this numanum was thinking too. So he decided to make the most of his newly gained freedom. He broke into several cars. Ready for this? In the jailhouse parking lot. I'm going to say that again. He broke into several cars in the jailhouse parking lot. Are you fucking kidding me? He was obviously apprehended and rebooked right back into the jail he just left, which is absolutely unreal. And the scariest part is between that story and another also last week and also from Florida that was there was another one in Polk County where a man stole a car but left his phone behind now i was thinking about you know what do i do here you know do i talk about the guy who broke into cars in the jailhouse parking lot 15 minutes after being released Or do I go with this guy from Polk County? And at the end of the day, I decided to go with both. So I can't even put this into words, but I'll read it to you. It's also from Florida, as I mentioned, Polk County, where a man stole a car. Unfortunately, he left his phone behind. Pretty dumb, right? Well, he must have thought so too. So after realizing he left his phone at the scene of the crime, he drove back to retrieve it. Again, let that sink in. He stole a car, left his phone behind. They're obviously going to find you if they find the phone. But he decided to drive back to retrieve it. In the car, he stole. So, yep, fortunately for him and for all of us, the police were happy to meet him there. And that dumbass was also arrested. You know, Florida Florida's a really cool state. It tends to get a bad rap depending on the part of the state you're talking about. For instance, I spent two years living in Gainesville, Florida, and I loved it. It was quiet. It's considered northwest Florida where you get like two and a half seasons of weather a year. Um, there's the glitz and the glam of Miami and of South Florida, the West coast of Florida, Orlando, Tampa, you know, those, those are your, your spots. You might've noticed that I left out Jacksonville. Jacksonville is like the relative no one in the family talks about because it's better to pretend they don't exist than to say anything negative about them. That's Jacksonville. But more importantly, the communities not directly off of 95 or the Florida Turnpike can be like stepping back in time and not to a part of history that makes you feel good either. Some of the communities are just so backwoodsy that they're cool to drive through, but you wouldn't want to stop. (laughs) I wouldn't want to stop. Um, I remember when I lived there, I met a guy who had lived in a very rural community and was super proud to let anybody and everybody know he was an unabashed redneck. I mean, we're talking... geez, it was, I want to say it was 2000, almost 20 years ago. Dude was still rocking a Billy Ray Cyrus mullet. Um, And his catchphrase was Florida, America's dick. Now that may or may not make sense to you. If it doesn't Google a map of the United States, seriously, and take a gander probably will make a ton more sense to you at that time. So, You know, last thing I had on the docket for tonight, this is more of an abbreviated Braindroppings podcast. I just wanted to get this mailbag of some weird news that I saw out. Um, But last on the docket for this episode of Braindroppings was to share a story I was told last week from a friend who will remain nameless to protect the innocent. But we were talking about ideas for shows and topics, and he told me about this horrific New Year's Eve that he had this year. And so I begged him to come on and tell the story, but he declined because he has a very distinctive voice and thought that if he told the story, the other person involved would be pissed off. But baby birds need not fret. I got all your deets here, and I plan to tell the story for him. The backstory is that my friend's brother was going to go through, was going through a breakup and it was miserable. Um, So even though he was invited to come to my friend's house to to celebrate the end of a shitty year for him and ring in a fresh start on New Year's, he wasn't really feeling it. Um, But it was his brother and he thought he should go anyways. So my friend planned it all out. Since his brother couldn't seem to quote unquote calm his mind, um, my friend who's, you know, a little off the wall, uh, decided he was going to give his brother a pot-laced cookie, an edible. Now, to know my friend is to know that he's a super fun-loving guy, wouldn't hurt a fly, um, always out to make people happy. So I get what he was trying to do, trying to help, but apparently his brother was not so cool with pot. Um, or weed or THC whatever you want to call your, you know it today um, that said my friend didn't tell him that the cookie that he had just ate was laced with THC and not a weak dose either it was a 50 milligram strength cookie um, as you can imagine about 30 minutes to an hour after eating it the effects started to take hold the brother asked if if something was up and began feeling according to him, quote unquote, weird. Um, my friend decided to let him know what he did because he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want him freaking out. Um, but also knowing his brother had a flair for dramatics, he had told him that the cookie was only a five milligram cookie and hoping that that would kind of like calm the brother down and not get all wrapped up because the the, the, the kid can perseverate on things. Um, and he told him, you know, it wouldn't have an effect on him like a stronger one would. What happened next was the brother began to trip his balls off. Um, he doesn't smoke pot or eat edibles, so a 50 milligram was a huge, heavy dose. All of a sudden, he got super dizzy, wasn't really even drinking any alcohol, so it was just straight
1: head high.
0: Um, it got to the point where he ended up laying on the kitchen floor. And started to talk funny, like that boy from the YouTube video, who's all high on laughing gas from the dentist. And he's like asking, is this real life? I feel funny. Um, after about five minutes of him on the floor, he announced that he had to go pee. They told him to go to the bathroom. But instead of getting up and walking, he decided to slither towards the bathroom on his belly like a snake. He makes it all the way to the bathroom. And. And because it's a party, not many people thought much about it. Minutes turned into 15 minutes, which turned into 30 minutes. When they got to the bathroom, they opened the door and he was sitting in the tub, butt-ass naked, trying to fashion toilet paper into origami swans. Again, stop, pause, rewind, and replay that sentence again. When they finally got to to the bathroom to check on him, he was sitting in the tub, butt naked, trying to fashion toilet paper into origami swans. That happened. So he had covered himself in towels. So, you know, obviously his bits and pieces were covered, but he had kind of like used towels and he had folded his clothes, put them on the vanity, made himself a bed out of these towels, a bed and blanket. Um, which is so weird. um, They left him in there, and he would occasionally text them for snacks to be delivered throughout the night, and they would. They would actually bring him cheese and crackers to a naked dude covered in towels, making origami swans, which didn't look like swans, and there are photos, um, on his own in the tub. So the moral of the story is Don't drug people without their knowledge or consent. Family or friend doesn't matter. And also, toilet paper origami is not easy. So with that, I wanted to say thanks for listening to Season 1, Episode 4 of Braindroppings Podcast. I am your host, Joe. Um, I hope that you continue to listen and follow along as I share stories and upload more podcasts. I'm lining up a return of Kate. She couldn't be a part of the show tonight, um, and also planning a fun one with a great friend and co-worker who shares my quirky sense of humor. With that said, please follow me on Twitter at droppings underscore pod, that's D-R-O-P-P-I-N-G-S underscore P-O-D, for show updates and random tweets from time to time. Also, if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio and want another way to listen, and you happen to have a... Alexa-enabled device in your house, just say, Alexa, play Braindroppings podcast on TuneIn, and it will play it. If you happen to have a show topic you'd like for me to bring to the air, or if you have questions on topics you'd like me to cover, either hit me up on Twitter or email the show at braindroppingspod, altogether one word, Pod at gmail.com. I will personally answer all emails and tweets, I want to say thanks again for listening. Make sure to check back for another episode. I'm hoping to get another one loaded up uh, by the end of the week. And thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Got my toes in the water, ass in the sand. Not a worry in a world of cold beer in my hand. Life is good today. Life is good today. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.